Hello, hello and welcome, welcome. Thank you for coming back to this little space I've created for us. It's kind of thrilling to be part of your world. So it's already April in 2021 and everything outside my window is blooming and buzzing with energy. There's something so poetic about spring season. Talking about energy, today we're having a conversation with someone very close to my heart. I I don't even know how to describe her. She's one of the most important people in my life. She's my beautiful, inspiring friend and soul sister, Neha. So we met in Bangalore during our heyday in advertising around six years ago. And believe me, having lunch with her every single day used to be something that I looked forward to. It kept me going in life. She's a writer, a singer, a poet, and a deeply creative soul. She's worked in advertising for over 15 years in India, and now she's in Thailand with her partner, Josh. They just moved from Bangkok to a smaller city called Chiang Mai, and I've never seen her so full of life and hope than she is right now. Come with me. Let's talk to her about all her experiences that led her to this point. I'm pretty sure you're going to love this one. Hi, Neha. Hello, Rasta. I am so honored to be on your podcast. What a marvelous day to record a podcast, isn't it? Uh, absolutely splendid, darling. Splendid. <laughs> Dude, we should always talk like this. I love this. <laughs> I'm game. I I can't tell you how excited I am to have you here. Yeah, you know, I was afraid that I will just never get back around to it because I know you asked me a long time ago. So I was like, you know what? I just need to do this. If I don't do this now, I can just keep delaying it as is my nature, as you know. I like this approach. It has always worked for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how was how has the move been for you from Bangkok to Chiang Mai? <laughs> yeah. Um, we had come. We had been to Chiang Mai once before. When we came the second time for the interview, it was just I felt so different about Chiang Mai. We we realized that we were just done with Bangkok. It was a great city to start with. It was the first city outside of India that I ever lived in. And here the weather is a lot like Bangalore. And there's yeah. something about uh, going to a small place after living in a city that, that's very appealing and charming. And you're like, I want to experience this for a while. I may start missing the city again, but this is also something that I want to experience. Yeah, like every time I looked out of my balcony and I saw the cityscape, I was it always took my breath away, especially in Bangkok. But that's all it is. You just see it. And then when you're walking in your day to day, it's just another city and everyone is just as pissed as they are in Bombay or Bangalore and everyone's always rushed. But when you come to a place like this, everything is slow. You get a, you, you get a minute to just stop and um, I don't know, literally smell the roses and I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but man, I mean, you have been working for a long time now. How has it been working in advertising, working in India and then Bangkok? And what's like the biggest realization you've, you've had in all your years of working? 
Oh my God, Asa, that is a loaded question. <laughs> um, we like our loaded questions. <laughs> I swear we do. Um, you know what? I did. I really start, did start working very early. I only realized much later in my life. Like I think I went through my teens and my early 20s feeling like, man, I missed out. I missed out on just being a kid. Hmm. But then um, later, as I started to grow in my career, I realized that the that I was a little more further up the quote-unquote ladder uh, because I learned to be a hustler like really, really young. But then I think I reached that point when in advertising where I just realized that I realized that I wasn't happy with where I was. And when you're in an agency, there's this nice little bubble that you're inside mm-hmm. and you don't, you don't realize that there's this whole life outside yeah. and you just think that your colleagues and your team and you guys logging it out late nights, always on call, always busy, that's life. So my biggest learning in 2020 when I was literally unemployed for a whole year almost i realized that that i'm so much more than a job title i wanted to be part of something that actually mattered to me mm-hmm. and i knew like deep inside my soul at a soul level i knew that i could never ever go back to working in a corporate or in a job that was just a job just to pay the bills Yeah. And it took me a very long time to accept it and to tell myself it is okay if I don't have the so-called drive that people seem to have. Yeah, man. I know that I was burnt out, Asta. It was a long time coming. We were all so kicked by the vanity of it all. That's true. I remember what 2016 was like for you because I was there and you lost people you loved and there was so much, you felt sick. And I know it was a a very personally tragic year for you. What happened to you after that? And how did you recover from it? or And how did you heal? Wow. Um, The only way that I can explain it, um, it's it's the only way I've managed to explain it to my partner as well, which is, I just disappeared after 2016 and I couldn't find myself. There was nothing inside of this shell that I was familiar with. And it was a period of darkness for me. Asa. I don't mm-hmm. know how I survived, honestly, because my body had changed after I fell sick. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't, I was in pain. I had just lost these people that, um, one I loved in like intensely and so heavily I loved and the other I needed resolutions with that I didn't get. Yeah. Um, so it was like, I remember it was, there was this moment where the light just went off inside of me. Hmm. And um, I spent a lot of years crying and wanting to go back to who I was. Nothing I did worked, nothing. And then I just, um, I think towards the end of 2019, um, I remember like mid 2019, I started to feel different inside where I was like, you know, I can either keep trying to be who I was or I can discover who I can be. What, What did it take for you to 
have that sort of transformation all those years when you were going through that dark period it took a lot a lot of uh, self love it took a lot of internal work um i think i realized that there was nothing for me outside of myself i've always felt a void inside me let me say it that way i've always had a void inside of me because of my childhood and the way i was raised so that's something that i always struggled with i realized that food music my partner not none of that could uh fill that void you know that the thing you said about the void and the childhood issues that is something that i'm personally also uh, struggling with because it's only recently that i realized that i wasn't a happy child and mm. i had a lot of uh, issues and i grew up with depression without even knowing it and having to hide all of that not being able to express that i was hurt i think because of everything that you didn't get you grow up with all these deficiencies and mm. you don't grow up with a healthy sense of self worth how do you resolve those issues because most of the healing has to happen within you so i think uh you know i never knew what self love was either so i think self love is a series of decisions that yeah. you make or take for yourself that's my current and working definition for self love you know like if i say i want to meditate every day for 30 days hmm. then uh my my act of self love is to show up for myself every day and do it uh like i said i would and forgiving myself and being kind to myself on the days i wasn't able to show up and accepting that you know it happens hmm. and starting over asta i started over i started over a million times in the last one year and then it became i became very intentional about everything i became intentional about social media i hmm. unfollowed everybody that didn't uh, make me happy all throughout 2020 i meditated for a minimum of 3 hours a day really yes and that has been one of my most uh, sacred tools so far yeah. so it was like with every every month or every week of meditation that i completed that fire inside of me started rekindling slowly slowly wow. slowly was yeah. there any app that you were using or videos or how did you do it every day um i started off with videos it's called infinite waters on uh, youtube after that i think i i moved on my sister recommended a book called uh, breaking the habit of being yourself and that was the book that like set me on a whole different trajectory from where i was going and uh, breaking the habit of being yourself has a meditation two meditations inside of that book where he teaches you how to rewire your um mind and create new thought patterns i would recommend that book to you and anybody else who's listening and resonates with what we're talking about yeah dude why why don't we talk about it more why isn't it more pervasive and i don't think i ever did it right i think i only used headspace to try meditation which was good for a while but it didn't hold me or maybe i couldn't figure it out there is this global a uh, unified misunderstanding that meditation there is a right and wrong way to do meditation 
meditation is like sitting at you know the at a corner in a highway and watching cars go by and all the cars going by are different thoughts so oh. the thoughts will come and hmm. they keep coming but you just watch them you you look at them and say ha huh, here's a thought and you just let it go like a, like an expressway and it's not about being completely silent it's not about not thinking it is about thinking it's about letting all those thoughts just flood into you and sit with them and say i'm okay also i wanted to ask you about the hawaiian approach to yeah i don't know dealing with with trauma and for you and what is it actually first let's start with that so the practice is called ho'oponopono it's essentially inner child work at the root of it that's what it is so the entire premise of ho'oponopono is accepting that everything that you experience has something to do with things that are within you that still need to be resolved okay. so anything anything that triggers you anything that upsets you any experience that is difficult to consume is uh, it's is because there is still work to be done within you uh hulen who's one of the proponents of oponopono he describes it as if something comes into his reality right for example um if he meets someone with who who's suffering from cancer he he looks at is it as if this if see, meeting this person who has cancer makes me sad that means there's still work within me that i need to do and i need to clear that inner sadness out of me mm-hmm. and what he also said was that all of what we are is memories where old data okay. um so everything that you think about the world is a concept that was created because of experiences or data that was handed down to you but my question is um there will always be something that upsets you right and that is a good thing because when we get upset by other situations we we help or we stand up for others so isn't that a good thing um so this is this is where it gets tricky at least the way i look at reality is that it's whatever works for me when i when i come across news that affects me i, I don't resonate with matching the energies of that uh negative news if you see if you see some injustice and you feel called to talk about it hmm. and uh in indulging in talking about it doesn't bring you down then it's actually helping the world but if you are talking about it and it affects you and then your energies in turn add to the collective energies of the world who's feeling the experiences experiencing that negative uh, situation uh, then you're not really helping anyone you're just you're all just sitting in this pool of negativity i think like so now this conversation is heading into talking about spiritual things and yeah so if if you if you look at the idea that we are all energies hmm. then then there's a possibility of having energies that elevate and hmm. energies that uh bring you down you know there's this belief that life is supposed to be a struggle but there is a new school of thought that says maybe it's really not maybe we're just conditioned to think that life is supposed to be a struggle yeah but don't you think that is i mean we are privileged enough to disengage from 
the negative things that are happening, the bad things that are happening. So we we can choose to live a life that's that's struggle free and all of that. But mm. what about people who have more basic issues to deal with? How how can they find peace? We don't know. We don't have all the answers about this world. But I'm not really sure what your uh, take on these things are. So I'm just spitballing here with based on mm. what I understand. There is there are people who suffer, but all of those people have their own individual journeys. If you, as an individual, feel called to contribute to that the suffering and elevate them in some way, then that's your calling, and you're doing what needs to be done. Right. But but everybody can't resonate with that. Hmm. Yeah, and it's it's not reasonable to even expect that from people because not everyone has the same capability and the space. Yeah. But, so, for example. For me, my goal right now is me. I will do whatever it takes for my mental well-being. Yeah, and if that's that also means- because you have to be in in a state that's healthy enough to help others, right? You first have to help yourself. Exactly. That's one. That that's very <laughs> correct. <laughs> uh, you have to be in a state to help other people. And again, that helping has to be something that uplifts you, Asta. If you are helping someone and it brings you down, then that's probably not your calling. And if you are doing it because you think that it's what's the right thing to do, then maybe you need to rethink what is right and wrong. I see it. You're saying that simply feeling guilty for being privileged and then thinking you're supposed to help other people, but then not really getting any fulfillment out of it is not yes. going to help anybody yes you feeling guilty about your well-being and quote unquote privilege doesn't do anything for the world hmm. right yeah. uh, i'm of the opinion that when you, you when you can thrive and you can shine and you can be happy and you can be your best self you are in turn giving other people the permission to do so as well and you have oh. no idea how your light can affect and inspire other people that's a that's a really good point yeah you can normalize being happy with yourself and make them feel this hope that it's possible it's possible for them like yeah. uh, and there might be so many little nehas out there in the world who may one day come across something from me and read my story and be like fuck i don't have to <laughs> you know kill myself or i don't have to think that the world is all shit i can do yeah. it too that's another thing that i really struggle with then i i get very overwhelmed with with the uh, stuff that's happening in the world or just where we are headed you know and it's not like i don't i'm not enjoying moments in life and i'm not happy and i'm always sad and i'm always you know yeah. being weighed down by these things but it is it is a huge thing that that is bringing me down how do you keep going with the same sort of enthusiasm for life if you look at your life astra hmm you are going to die <laughs> right <Thank> you <laughs> No, just hear me out, okay? You and I are gonna die, right? But we have the choice 
to decide if we want to die feeling all of these emotions and the weight of the world or we want to die living our best lives and the answer to that is somewhere in between like whatever we see uh, around us asta it's all part of the matrix you're being fed information and you are responding and reacting to that information and that information doesn't do anything to the world but create like this collective uh, it's a, it's like a pandemic of fear we're all thinking that the state of the world is this and you know oh my god climate this and bad air this and all of that and those are all realities that it's it's not that it's not true but what the fuck does that do to my my current nowness my life right now hmm i create my own reality i with my energies and the way i choose to live my life can contribute to creating a world that is better if you see people who you feel are underprivileged hmm. you you are seeing that from the pedestal that you think you are in on but you have to give those souls credit enough to know that that's their journey and they are going to be fine and but you don't have to go through life feeling sorry for somebody when you mm-hmm. feel sorry that means you think you are better off but you don't really know if you are better off i i feel it is saying it's like a, a very, <laughs> it's like a very rich person coming to my house and saying oh you poor thing you must be yeah. miserable and i'm like no i'm not <laughs> whereas <laughs> you love your yeah you love your balcony and you love your birds and you love your table and you know you love your yeah. life do you sometimes just think about existence in general like what are we supposed to do here you know i i mean you know that i am i always think existential and i'm always having a whole bunch of thoughts about these things so my biggest my biggest unanswered question is why yes yeah we have answers to the what and how and when yeah. but we don't have answers to the why yeah like i was reading this book uh called conversations with god as that you should read it so um neil donald walsh goes through this he's he's like really f- going through things in his life okay and okay. he is like that's it i'm done is this what my life is supposed to be am i supposed to fucking struggle all the time and be miserable and blah 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 okay and he's hmm. at his wits end and he's just crying then he he had an inspired thought within him and that inspired thought was let me write a letter to god so he wrote a letter to god saying dear god like what the fuck what the fuck is going on okay <laughs> hmm. and and after he received answers to the to the skeptic which i know you are um it's <laughs> it's like you know what the fuck are you talking about but um he was inspired with answers as he was writing so he wrote a whole book based on those questions and answers oh. that he had and the, this happened like on a, this discourse with him and god happened over like 10 years but anyway so in the book god describes how god split itself into this and that so there was like yin and yang or hmm. good and bad so as per the book uh, there is only two 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 base emotions which is love and fear okay that even though this book describes everything so powerfully right and it still doesn't answer my perennial question of why like I feel like I'm going to have just this one word on my tombstone why 
exactly i i don't understand like even if suppose let's even if you don't talk about god okay if you just look at nature yeah why does nature want to survive so badly why are all the species evolving and making sure that they are procreating and why are we procreating and yes. why, why is all this happening i've read enough to know that you know i mean we happen to be a planet where that favors life and there may be other planets that that favor other kinds of life as well i yeah. get all that i get it but i still don't understand how how we suddenly became conscious and sentient yeah no. like what is this consciousness and where does it come from and where did it begin and who made that beginning happen i think the point of life is whatever we want it to be for some the point of life might be to leave a mark and you know be a legend for others the point of life might be procreation and leaving their mark in the world with through kids and you know legacy and all that shit under all of these things what we're searching for is happiness and i think that actually the point of life is pursuing that happiness and very consciously trying to live every moment happily and it's a very conscious effort but i'm trying to kind of soak it all in because sometimes i feel like i was more comfortable being sad i know exactly what you're saying is it scary sometimes like you almost feel like you were you were somewhat comfortable in that prison that you had created asa i was very comfortable when i when i decided that i was done i was done being all those things that i was yeah and i i actually asked myself am i okay to be that wounded person that i was in my 20s when i'm 50 years old it takes a lot of courage because you don't know who the fuck you're going to be at the other side of that decision yeah, and you know this reminds me so i was telling you about this book i read right the choice by edith eager mm-hmm. so she was a, a nazi camp survivor and the day they were liberated she realized this very weird thing that was happening the prisoners were finally free to go but instead of celebrating or being happy about it they left the camp gates and then they were so scared of who they were their identity had been completely stripped off right the only thing wow. they knew was pain so they yeah. they had become their own pain to an extent that they were scared of going out in the world and discovering who they can be now and they actually came back inside the gates and i it blew my mind i was like see how how much we we give in to our problems and pain and we become our own suffering basically exactly that's so well said and so if you look at it that way asta if we can be conditioned to be our own suffering yeah. we can be conditioned or unconditioned to be our own source of joy yeah and you know what it doesn't mean that you're not going to feel sadness asta ultimately i think that the journey is to find the tools to move our way through the sadness in a better way more and more like yeah. where the sadness doesn't consume you but you are able to sit with it and still love yourself and still it doesn't become a de- it doesn't define you that's what i'm trying to be actually i'm i'm okay with my sadness now but i still want to channel it in a way that it doesn't bring me down yeah and you know like your sadness helped you empathize with someone like me it helped you connect with me 
you have to make that decision that your well-being your emotional well-being is more important to you than anything else going on in the world hmm. so what can you do in your singular focus to maintain your emotional well-being yeah exactly i want to find that balance between uh seeing something or reading something i want it to affect me but not to a debilitating degree i want it to affect me just enough so that i know when i have to take a stand i will yeah and so that's a that's a more healthy conversation right yeah and then you are teaching you are teaching people younger than you or around you or older than you to have an actual dialogue because what mm-hmm. happens when we uh when we are affected deeply by the things that's going on around us we are so reactionary that we're not really having a dialogue we yeah, are yeah, we are using our emotions i mean we are letting our emotions take over and then you know not really having a very reasonable conversation where you're trying to also understand the other person but you are just you just want to be proven right exactly and then if you look at the grand scheme of things when has that ever contributed to better for lasting change yeah and you know the other day we were talking about um the version of our childhood selves that we remember i started yeah. doing that as well i think about a very painful memory where i wasn't loved or where i was ignored or something and i i think about that child and i try to think about even the clothes that i was wearing or you know yeah. I, i go into the specifics and then and then i have a conversation with that version of me it it makes me cry but it it's very powerful yes asta and you know what so the idea is that all time is now your past mm-hmm. present time is not linear okay and if you look at time that way then you actually have the power to heal that little girl and healing her makes you stronger now i love that i feel this transformation where i'm like i'm so much more comfortable with who i am now because i'm not trying to prove myself to anyone anymore and i remember in my 20s i used to try to be cool but now i'm naturally mm. cool i feel <laughs> exactly i know what you mean but i have one last question for you okay okay so mm. how do you picture this like the 70 year old version of you um i have actually never spent time thinking of that <laughs> <laughs> at best i just hope that she's somebody with lesser regrets we regret more the things we haven't done than the things that we do yeah i'm hoping that 70 year old neha is like still doing some badass shit dude that's how i picture you i picture you like this like you'll still have this crazy hair it'll probably be gray but you will be rocking it and then i'll come to meet you and we'll sit somewhere in the garden and have hookah i love that <laughs> all right hookah it is Oh my god Neha this was such a good fulfilling soulful amazing conversation with you. Yeah. Like always but I feel like I just I just came out of the sauna you know. And you've been one of the very very few people who stuck with me and didn't let go of me. I am always always grateful and I have a special place for you in my heart. But man dude I'm so proud of you. I've always looked up to you but just the fact that you came out of all that darkness and you're here and you have so much to give to the world like this is you are an example of how 
being fulfilled and and striving for happiness can affect other people yay i love it dudi i love what you're doing thank you for making me a part of it and i love yes. you bye bye